This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray, a member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. This is Pastor Callie with Warrior Watch. We're so happy to be here uh, and to uh, be able to talk about Jesus, be able to pray with you today. Thank you for tuning in. Today I have a mighty man of God by the name of Frankie Mazapika. He pastors a church in the Woodlands, uh, Woodlands, Texas, um, right outside of Houston, a, a great, amazing church. He's an amazing man of God. And we're going to talk today about, you know, who is the Holy Spirit and let's talk about this subject called Holy Spirit and why do I need the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a, a very uh, broad subject, and uh, but I, I truly believe that God wants each and every one of us to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit and to be able to walk uh, in that kind of union. So, uh, Frankie, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, talk to us about your journey with the Holy Spirit. Well, first of all, Pastor Callie, thank you for inviting me onto the program. Um, I've heard so much about this program. It's become so popular, and uh, I'm not at all surprised. Um, You know, I was doing the math before we came on the air today, and I know this sounds crazy, but you and I have known each other for just over 25 years. Yeah, so we wow. met when we were we we met when we were four. So <laughs> you were four. I don't know if I was four. You were a little boy. Uh, yeah, I mean we we've known each other a little while, and uh, and now you know I'm married with three kids and pastoring in the woodlands, and and you're pastoring in Baytown and traveling the country, even going international, traveling, preaching at churches and conferences around the world, and so it's just been um, wild to watch what uh, the Holy Spirit has done in our lives Amen. and the lives around us. Amen. And so uh, when you invited me onto the program today, I just thought, oh, my goodness, what a great opportunity to talk to so many people. And I just thought to myself, you know, what would um, if I if I have the if you never invite me back again, which I've, I've been invited to churches only once many times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I'll invite you back a whole bunch. I promise. That, that, that's, and so, um, and so if I thought, you know, or, or here's another way of looking at it. If, uh, somebody is listening today and I never have an opportunity to talk to them again, um, uh, what would I want to talk with them about? And I'd want to talk with them about the Holy spirit. And, and I'll tell you why. Um, we're all so comfortable, even if somebody, uh, claims to 
not believe in God, they're still comfortable with the idea of Jesus because they're celebrating Christmas and Easter every year. Right. right. Um, and, and so so whether they want to choose to acknowledge him as the Lord and Savior or not, they're, they're still somewhat comfortable with it. Sure. And the knowing that, um, you know, I you can watch any football game and, and, and see scriptures in the crowd about, God sent his only begotten son, you know, things like that. So I, I think, especially in America, at least, uh, people are comfortable with God the Father and his son, Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit is, is one of those um, topics, one of those relationships that I, I think is real easy to get on one extreme or the other. Uh, when I was growing up, as you well know, Pastor Callie, um, you know, if you didn't run around the church, then you weren't filled with the spirit. Yeah. And so if if you didn't roll on the floor, then you weren't filled with the spirit. Um, but then on the other side of the, of the pendulum, every day people are accepting Jesus Christ in their life as their Lord and Savior. But they don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit because they look across uh, the room and they see people who love the Holy Spirit. And they're just like, I don't want any of that because it just looks crazy. Right. And what's, what's, what's um, become apparent to me is, is people are crazy, but the Holy Spirit's not crazy. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> so, right. That's so exactly we right. can kind of, we can kind of, you know, get the two confused sometimes. Um, and so I'm just going to kind of plow through a few thoughts on okay. the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, you know, we could do a series for 20 weeks on the Holy Spirit and still not cover everything. Sure. Um, but I'm just going to cover just a, a few thoughts that we can talk about today. Uh, the, the first thing is in 2 Corinthians uh, 13, 14, it's a very fascinating scripture because it shows God, the Father, and Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. It reads like this, the amazing grace, of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant, extravagant love of God. And now watch this. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Wow. I mean, I love that. I yes. mean, the intimate friendship. Basically what it's saying is, okay, look, the Holy Spirit is your very best friend. Yes. If you can just wrap your head around that. He's in the car with you. You wake up in the morning. He's there. He's always, always, always closer than the shirt is on your back. And in, in the scriptures, when it talks about the Holy Spirit being a comforter, the original word for comforter is parakalitos. And parakalitos means assigned to help you. Yes. And yes. so if we can just say, okay, what are we talking about here? We're talking about your very best friend. And, you know, I come from a blended family. My mom, um, uh, you know, and dad were divorced. Um, my wife's mom and dad were divorced. Um, my wife's dad just passed away at 60 years old. We are all familiar with loss. Yeah. And, you know, I counsel people all the time in our church that, you know, they're going to, they're, they're getting ready for their second marriage or their third or their fourth, and they've already been hurt once. And so they'll walk down the aisle, they'll put the ring on, they'll put the dress on, 
but they've already psychologically said, you are not going to, no one is ever going to hurt me like that again. And so they, they go through the motions and they give 90% of their heart to the person they're marrying, but they hold back just a little bit because they've already decided I've been hurt once. I'm not going to get hurt again. And, and we build these margins, these spaces, because we are so accustomed to loss. We're so accustomed to people leaving. And the Holy Spirit is saying, look, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to go anywhere. But here's where a, a, a misconception comes into play. And, and I think we really need to wrap our minds around this. Uh, because I'm real suspicious when I hear people say, come to the, our church and they say, the Holy Spirit this or the Holy Spirit that, or I'm looking for the Holy Spirit. Is this, is this a Holy Spirit church? And I hear Holy Spirit this, Holy Spirit that, and I get real suspicious. I don't turn them off because I embrace and love the Holy Spirit. I've been filled with the Spirit, you know, my whole life. Um, but the Holy Spirit did not come to bring attention to himself, he came to bring attention to Jesus. Yes. And so if the, if we could see Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the same room with our naked eye, the Holy Spirit would constantly be pointing us to Jesus. Sure, sure. And, uh, and we know that because in John 15, 26, Jesus said this, I will send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the source of all truth, he will come to you from the Father, watch this, and tell you all about me. So the Holy Spirit comes to tell us about Jesus. And so how do we get saved? Through the name of Jesus. Right. Who died on the cross? Jesus. Who died on the cross for us? Jesus. Jesus. Right. Who, who rose again on the third day? Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes to our life to teach us about Jesus. And so sometimes we start thinking about, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit. We, we start pursuing the Holy Spirit, which we need to. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But at the end of the day, what the Holy Spirit comes to do is to teach us about Jesus and make us like Jesus. Right. Now, in the process of making us like Jesus, uh, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says the Spirit of the Lord works within us, and we become more and more like Him and reflect His glory. So the Holy Spirit is making us like Jesus. And so in He's, he's teaching us about Jesus, and He's making us like Jesus. Now, these gifts that the Holy Spirit brings to our life, the only reason why he's giving us those gifts is because that's part of the growth process in becoming like Jesus, because when Jesus was here, he had those gifts. Sure, sure. And, and so it, it's a lot of times we, we pursue the gifts and we get all uh, discombobulated. Because here's the thing, uh, I've met people, and I'm sure you have before, they 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 operate in gifts, and I'm looking at them. I'm like, I don't know if that's real or not. I mean, how how do I know this is real? And the the truth of the matter is, is you can fake gifts. 
but you can't fake fruit. And so that's why the Bible says that we will judge you by your fruit. Right, not by your gifts. Not by your gifts. And so when we stand before Jesus on Judgment Day, we will be judged by our fruit. And so you can't fake fruit. You either love, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. You can't fake that. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not necessarily gifts. That is an ex- exactly. that is that is an expression of the Holy Spirit, but it's exactly. but it's but it's not it's not uh, it's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy the, yes, you get gifts with the Holy Spirit, of course you do, but right. the the main purpose of the being filled with the Holy Spirit and having what I call and I teach this at the church a prayer language, okay, is to build myself up in my most holy faith. Yes. It's to build That's myself so up good. in my most holy faith. It's to, so that I, I, I say it like this. I say it's the difference between being in the regular army and in the special forces. You have an That's ability good. to hear and to respond on a higher level because you're praying in the Holy Spirit. And listen, if the Holy Spirit is just a gift that you manifest in the, in the world to make yourself look good like you're some super, you know, uh, spiritual guru, then you've missed the whole point. The Holy Spirit is about building myself up in my most holy faith. It's about being able to pray on another level, hear on another level, uh, take instruction on a higher level, understand, have revelatory insight on a higher level. Um, it, it's, that it's, is so good. It's about seeing clearer and... Um, it's just about clearer sight. Uh, there's been times well, that I didn't have clear sight because I wasn't praying in the Holy Spirit a lot. Right. But when I right. when I have that friendship with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, and you're exactly right, everything about the Holy Spirit leads me to Jesus. Yeah. And if it doesn't See, lead us to Jesus, it's not right. It, that's exactly right. Now we're now we're starting to dial right in on the heart of the Holy Spirit. And what, I like what you said earlier when you said the Holy Spirit is not a set of gifts. The the Holy Spirit. Uh, if if there's somebody out there that's kind of new to the Holy Spirit, first of all, just establish within yourself the Holy Spirit is not an it. Right. The Holy Spirit is a he. Yes. Yes. Uh, it, the, when be. Jesus said that, the, it, when Jesus said that, he said um, in John fifteen twenty six, I will send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the source of all truth. He will right. come to you from the Father and tell you all about me. Yes. So if you can, if uh, we we can't visualize what the Holy Spirit looks like, but we can at least start by saying the Holy Spirit is a he that comes into our life. And when he arrives, he points us to Jesus and he makes us like Jesus. And the only way we can be like Jesus is to have his characteristics and his characteristics come in two buckets, if you will, if you can just mentally think about buckets. So the Holy spirit comes into our life. 
And when he shows up, he's got one bucket full of fruits that he begins to cultivate in yes, our lives. See, yes. people, people like people like gifts, but they don't like fruit. That's exactly because right. Gifts, because gifts, you just receive it. It's just think about Christmas. You open up a, a box and you take the wrapper off and boom, there's a gift. Who doesn't want that? But fruit, you can't just open up and have fruit in two seconds because fruit, if you ever have planted a garden, you got to go cultivate fruit. That's so good, Frankie. It's true. It's you true. Know, people don't want to cultivate anything. They just want to wake up and all of a sudden, bam, they got gifts. Well, how do we know that those gifts are even legitimate gifts? Because the scriptures say to test those who prophesy. So we can back up and say, okay, now hold on a second here. Uh, if you're operating in gifts, then I, when you operate in those gifts, I should feel coming from you the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. You sh- we should slowly but surely, those fruits should be developing. Well, so, you, you, said you, know, the, when- you said the key thing, though. The gifts, we receive Jesus. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You're right. We get, we, we get this, these free gifts. Okay, they come. We don't, I mean, God just gives them to us, okay? But that, right, the cultivation right. of that fruit is left Jesus will help us, but it's primarily our responsibility to apply the word and prayer, and that's cultivated. But here's what I've seen, Frankie. When gifts are bestowed, especially extreme power gifts, and there's not an equal cultivation of fruit, at some point the gifts become perverted. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Can you just say that again and then talk about it for 30 seconds? Well, that was it, so it, good. It, it, it's something I've witnessed. And you know what? Even in my own life, through my own journey, when, you know, we get, we get the Holy Spirit. And, and, and if you've received the Holy Spirit and you pray in tongues, you know what I'm saying. You get the Holy Spirit. You get saved. And God bestows the gifts. And like you said, gifts are free. And so you'll have people raising up out of obscurity that are have, maybe have healing gifts and, and all kinds of prophetic gifts. But in conjunction, congruently, we have to be cultivating our fruit through the application of God's word and through prayer. And if you don't and you have these power gifts and you do not have the equal cultivation of fruit, it will prov- the gifts will go, per- they'll get perverted. And we can see it in our own church history. It's in our own church history. And I could bring up names that where God used one man in particularly powerfully across the body of Christ. He was a powerful voice. But he somewhere got perverted. And, and the only thing I can, be, I can believe is somewhere he didn't allow Jesus to, to keep cultivating the fruit, the humbleness, the purity, the godliness. Oh, see, I, was, I was waiting for you to say that because where he got off base is when he took his eyes off of Jesus. Yes. Because once again, the Holy Spirit, he shows up to point us to Jesus, to make us like Jesus. Yes. But when we take our eyes off of Jesus, 
the Peter showed us, you think you get all discombobulated. You know, uh, John Bevere is a personal hero of mine, and I oh, love, love him. The, day, the, the, day, the day and age, age that we live in, anybody can mentor you. You know, you can just get podcast after podcast right. book. Right. And so, you know, uh, I've only met John Bevere once, and it was passing. If we bumped into each other today, he wouldn't know me from Adam. But he doesn't know it. He's, he's mentored me. You know, I've read every one of his books, and, and I've listened to his sermons over and over again. He said something one time I'll never, ever forget, because he operates in some beautiful gifts. He, he said this statement. He goes, I, I never desired, uh, no, I never pursued the gifts. He goes, I pursued Jesus. That's it. That's and it. in the process, he gave me gifts. You know, it's not even biblical, Pastor Callie, to pursue a gift. Yeah. It's uh, not even biblical. Frankie, I was on says, the phone this two weeks ago with a bunch of p- young women, and they were talking about trying to figure out their gifts. And I said the same thing. I said, you, you will get messed up if you pursue gifts. You pursue Jesus. That's so good. You pursue intimacy. You pursue the the word of God. Gifts are a byproduct of the gift giver. But you don't pursue God, gifts. That is so good. It's not even biblical. The Bible says to pursue love yes. and desire spiritual yes, gifts. Yes, yes. So you desire it, but you pursue love. You know, it's so crazy because, and I, and I don't want to, um, I you know, that. I don't know who's listening. I, I don't want to, I don't want to insult anybody um, because there's a, there's a place for school. There's a place to go to a teacher and learn about the spiritual gifts. There's sure, a place for sure. that. Um, but when people go to learn how to prophesy and they go learn how to do this, kind, that's not even... You know, the Bible, just to give one example, uh, Moses was overwhelmed and God said, bring me 70 of your elders. And the Bible says that they turned and began to prophesy. They didn't go to school yeah. Yeah. to learn to prophesy. When you receive a gift, it is, it's just bam. You have that. It is given to you. You have that gift. Now, you can cultivate the gift once you receive it. Sure. But you're not supposed to pursue gifts. You're supposed to pursue love and desire the gift. Now, exactly. you know, you, to I, told, the greatest gift. I, to, I totally agree with you. you. You can't go learn how to prophesy. But what you can learn, and I've done a lot of teaching on it myself, is learn how can, every time God speaks to you something uh, about somebody, 90% of the time it's for you to pray and never say anything. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and and that's what that I, you know, so because good. what happens is a lot of times in churches, uh, you know, you'll start teaching people how to, you know, you know, really teaching them that they're hearing the Holy Spirit already. They just don't know it always. And so they're, you, right. you're teaching them and training them. But that doesn't mean you run up and grab the mic from the pastor and begin to prophesy and just, you know, just throw the throw the service into a tailspin because you got 50 people wanting to prophesy. That can that can that be crazy. So that's not that's not God's plan. What God's plan. And I told this to a group of people that I was teaching. I said 90 percent of what God speaks to me in a service, I never say anything to anybody i pray and intercede and many times god has moved on pastor todd or pastor cindy or pastor jack and they would say what i was praying 
and I never went to the microphone. Wow. But I was hearing the voice of the Lord, and all he wanted me to do was to agree with him. We're going to take a few minutes, and we're going to have a song uh, and just a time to worship. And we're going to come back and and delve more into why we need the Holy Spirit. I I, I so appreciate um, what uh, Pastor Frankie has said about gifts and fruit. And if, if you don't take anything else from this broadcast, your gifts... You can't even, your gifts are, they're there. They come. It's a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. Through your maturity, they will mature. But the most important thing is to allow Jesus to be your focus on every level and to allow the fruit of the Holy Spirit to begin to manifest. I need to be a better Christian today than I was yesterday. I need to have more love today than I had yesterday. I need to have more patience. I need to be quick to ask God to forgive me. I need to be quick to go to people when I've hurt them and say, you know what? I was wrong because it's my character being formed and, and Christ being formed within me that will sustain the ministry that God's given me and will sustain the gifts. We'll be back in a few minutes.
So happy to have Pastor Frankie uh, Mazapika from Woodlands uh, Celebration of Life Church in Woodlands, a powerful, amazing pastor. You know, the thing I love about Frankie is he's not only a great teacher and preacher, but he is an he exudes the love of Jesus. He is always uh, filled with God's love, always saying something encouraging. And I really believe when we follow Christ. That's the kind of spirit that we will manifest. I, I want to ask you a question, Pastor Frankie. What do you think one of the challenges that the body of Christ is facing with the Holy Spirit and the, uh, you know, the, the teachings of the Holy Spirit? Uh, I, that's a, a great question, Pastor Callie. And, you know, I feel like um, the the Apostle Paul had one of the same challenges that we do today. Um, and and what, one of the challenges we have today is, is a lot of times there's certain churches that the only thing they want to do is just bury themselves in the Scriptures, and that's it. But we have to have the Scriptures because it's living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It's actually breathed from God. But that's all they want to do is they just want, you know, their prayer time is reading the the Scriptures, the the entire service is Scriptures, and it's just Scripture, Scripture. Okay, well, that's, that's going to one extreme. And then on the other extreme... You got people that are so passionate about the Holy Spirit that they don't ever read the scriptures. Yeah. And so now it's like, oh my goodness, what's going on here? But but Paul had the same challenge. Oh, let me just read one verse. This is this in first Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty-two. It seems foolish to the Jews because they want a sign from heaven as proof that what is preached is true. And it is foolish to the Gentiles because they believe only what agrees with their philosophy and seems wise to them. So the Jews in our vernacular would be like the spirit-filled churches. They're looking for signs and miracles. And then you got the Gentiles, which they're not interested in signs and miracles. They just want head knowledge. They just want to talk because the Old Testament existed in those days. So they they just want to talk about the scripture. And so Paul is now he's in trouble because the Jews, they all just want signs and wonders. The the Gentiles are saying, Oh, you guys are just emotional and space cadets. Let's just talk about the scriptures. So the same exact extremes were happening back then. And then Paul said this in first uh, Corinthians twenty three, he says, So when we preach about Christ's dying to save them, the Jews are offended. And Gentiles say it's all nonsense. So what he's saying, he goes, look, I'm trying to preach about Jesus. And those of you that want miracles, you don't want to hear about it. You just want, you know. And so he says, but God has opened their eyes to those called to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, to see that Christ is the mighty power of God to save them. Christ himself is the center of God's wise plan for salvation. And so we have this tendency to go, okay, um, I'm going to be heavy, heavy scripture, or I'm going to be heavy, heavy Holy Spirit, and I don't know any scripture. And, and Paul is saying this, look, the scriptures point to Jesus. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus. Let's use them both to serve our, our master. 
Now, the, the interesting is, I, I've talked to people before, and they've said, well, I don't know if I'm baptized in the Spirit, if I have the Spirit or not. And a good starting place there is to say this, do you need another baptism? Do you need, because when you read the New Testament, there's three baptisms that take place. There's three of them that's available. And so when you back up and say, well, do I need another one? So the first baptism is the baptism of salvation, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. So if you're, if, if, if you're praying with your papa and he's on his deathbed and he's never been a Christian his whole life, and right before his heart stops beating, he gives his life to the Lord, you can't see it, I can't see it, but the Holy Spirit just baptized him into the body right so when you're saved when you're saved you are baptized into the body right then and there it's not like you got to drag your papa out of the out of the bed and rush him over to a tank of water and baptize him in water no that first baptism is all you have to have to get into heaven baptized to get into heaven you have a reservation in heaven heaven is expecting you so that's the first baptism but then there's a second baptism in, in the book of Matthew, it says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the first baptism, the Holy Spirit is doing it. The Holy Spirit is baptizing that person into the body. The second baptism, the Holy Spirit's not doing it. The disciples are doing it. Preachers and ministers are doing it. They're baptizing them in water. But then there's a third baptism that comes up. When John the Baptist said this, I baptize in water for repentance. I'm a minister. I'm a disciple. I baptize with water. But after me will come a person more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit Spirit. and fire. So now we got three baptisms going on here. The first one is when you give your life to Jesus. Yeah, baptism of repentance into salvation. Right, right. Right. And then when you go and you say, I'm going to make this a public confession, then the disciples baptize you in water. Right. But then Jesus comes and baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. And so a great question to ask yourself is, do I need another baptism? Maybe you've not had any of the three, and you need to give your life to Jesus and be baptized into the body of Christ. Maybe you've done that, but you've never been water baptized, and you need that second baptism. But the third baptism, oh, my goodness, that's the one where the Holy Spirit, where he comes and just literally saturates your life. So when you back up and you say, okay, all right, let's, how do I know if that has happened or not? Well, there's three different signs in the Bible that will tell you whether or not you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's three different signs. Um, The first one is one that we've already covered, so I'm not going to go over it in in a lot of detail. The first sign is fruit. If you say you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, but fruit is not growing in your life because we judge you by your fruit. So if you don't have the fruit, constantly cultivating in your life, but yet you say you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you got to question that. The second thing is, now watch this. I love this scripture. 
in Luke 24, 49, Jesus says this. Now, I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. Stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes. You will know he comes when he fills you with power. Right, right. So right. so that's the second earmark. Like, okay, um, my fruits, are, are they're kind of slow in coming. But I've got this power in my life that I didn't have before. Right, right. Now, what kind of power are we talking about here? Uh, well, let's think about it. You know, has there been things that you've done 10 years ago, 15 years ago, one year ago? And you look back on it and you go, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I used to struggle with that. That, that seems like a whole nother lifetime ago. You know, there's things, Pastor Callie, when I was in college and in high school, I mean, I would, it was so sinful. It was so bad. And I used to think to myself, I'm never going to be able to stop doing this. I know I'm not supposed to be doing it, but there's no way I'm going to be able to stop. And now I look back on it and I go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I used to do that. Yeah, because the power there's, of the Holy would, Ghost, yeah. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. Fruit Ghost. and, so and power is, will manifest at that. That's it. Yes. That's it. And so if you're saying, I don't know if I'm filled with the Spirit or not. Well, first of all, do, are you seeing these fruits that you've never seen before? Second of all, are you seeing this power that you've never seen before? And then number three is the one the Pentecostals love the most is... Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. And so any one of those three evidences should give you confirmation that you're filled with the Spirit. There, out of the five instances in the New Testament where people were filled with the Spirit, three of the five they came with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But the other two did not mention speaking in tongues. And so we have to lean on what Jesus said as an evidence. You will know when you are filled with power. And so once again, the sons of Sceva have showed us that you can fake gifts. You know, if I say, Pastor Callie, I've got a prophetic word for you, and I just start spouting off. I could fake that. The sons of Sceva showed up to Jesus and said, haven't we prophesied in your name? Haven't we cast demons out in your name? And Jesus looked back at them and said, depart from me. I've never known you. Yeah, well, the devil, the devil has power gifts. And you can, yes. you can, you can tap into witchcraft uh, if you're not careful. I mean, working in the spirit, the, the, what makes things pure and holy what makes things righteous and on target is an intimate relationship with Jesus. That's it. I mean, it's really just that simple. It's an intimate relationship with Jesus. Uh, you know, I made a mistake. It's, it's, uh, the sons of Sceva did, uh, they, they postured themselves and they tried to operate in the gifts and they, they got their tail whipped by uh, a, a, a demonic possessed person. And it was in a different section in the scriptures where Jesus said, I know you've been prophesying in my name. I know you've been casting demons out in my name, but I don't even know who you are. 
so, uh, so I just wanted to to correct that. Let somebody calls in and says, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. "Oh yeah, I, I get it, I get it." You know, here's the deal: when I I got saved as a small girl in a Baptist church, I gave my heart to the Lord, and I truly gave my heart to the Lord. You know, I I believe I was saved as a young girl, but um, there was not a lot of cultivation. You know. And there was not a lot of teaching. I mean, I went to Baptist church by myself. My parents weren't really faithful. Uh, at 16, I was not living right, of course, and I came to a Pentecostal service and repented of my sins and was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, that's been a journey for me. I wish I could say that, I, you know, all through my life I've just been the consummate perfect Christian and never made mistakes, but no, it's been a journey. I've, I've had to grow. I've, there's been times I've made terrible mistakes and had to repent. But what I can tell you is now I'm 56 and I can look back from the, from the time I started a real walk with Jesus, which I was 16. So it's been 40 years. I'm not the same girl I was then. Right. That's powerful. I'm not the same girl I was then. Am I perfect? No, but I have a lot of love in my heart, a lot of forgiveness in my heart. I've been through a lot of things, but like you said, and I think really it goes back to the, the initial thing we said. God wants to fill us with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to have those three different manifestations or three different signs, which is um, you talked about uh, fruit, you talked about power, and you talked about our prayer language, which speaking, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues yeah. is, is great. I mean, it's great when you speak in tongues, but really that is given to you for a private prayer language. Absolutely. That's so good what you just said, because, uh, and I love how you said private, because there's, there's a, uh, let me just talk about speaking in tongues just for a little bit. I've been speaking in tongues since I was six years old. My kids started speaking in tongues when they were six years old. I'm passionate about it. Um, but in First Corinthians chapter, I think it's, uh, it's 12, 13, and 14, it just talks about the spiritual gifts and talks about pursuing love and things like that. But Paul said this. He said, you know, if people come walking into your meetings and, and, and you're speaking in tongues, they're going to think you're crazy. And so I, I like how you said that. It's a, it's a private gift. So there's a difference between congregational prayer and private prayer. Private prayer, uh, the, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So when you're praying privately, then you ought to pray the roof off of the place. Yes. But when you're in a public setting... You don't want to bring attention to yourself. The Holy Spirit doesn't bring attention to himself. We want everybody focusing on Jesus. But let me say this about speaking in tongues. You know, if I pray, if I could only pray in English, Pastor Callie, I really think I could probably only pray about four or five minutes. That's exactly I, I just, I just, I just don't, you know... If I have a, a house to myself, I've got three kids, but if, if I have a house to myself and I've got some good uh, coffee brewing downstairs, you know, people can pray along with me. But for me to pray two hours is a piece of cake. But 97% of me praying is praying in tongues. And so I really do believe that praying in tongues is just a, a way to communicate that is so awesome that everybody should have it and so 
Uh, I'd like to describe it this way. If there's somebody out there that you want to pray in tongues, you don't know how to do it, and you're looking high and low for a preacher to lay their hands on you to receive it, but when you can't find one, well, there's just scores of people that receive, start praying in, in this, speaking in tongues, and have that other evidence of being baptized in the Spirit. Scores of people that received it without a preacher laying their hands right, on them. And, right. and this is how I'd like to encourage you to do it. So when you're praying alone, you know, you, the Bible says that you, you have not because you ask not. And so when you're praying alone, just tell the, the Jesus, Jesus, you're the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I want you to baptize me with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, somebody may say, well, hold on a minute here. Why should I ask him to baptize me when I have the other evidences? Aren't I already baptized? Yes, but you can be baptized over and over and over again. In, in Acts chapter 2, the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit in the upper room. But in Acts chapter 4, they were being beaten and thrown into prison for preaching about Jesus. They were scared to death, so they went into a house and prayed for boldness. And the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. So once they were baptized in Acts chapter 2, and then in Acts chapter 4, they were baptized again. And so you can be baptized over and over again. So you can come before the Lord and say, Lord, thank you so much. Baptize, you baptized me. I've got the, the, this, the evidence of it through a power in my life that I, I don't struggle with things I used to anymore. I've got fruit in my life. But I want to be able to pray and speak in tongues. I want to be able to do that. And, and so one way that I like to encourage you is when you're praying— don't try to pray a full sentence or even pray a full word because this is not a language that you've ever learned before. And so you can't start by saying a word because you don't know a word. Um, the only, the, the easiest way to do it is to, to, to be courageous enough to say a syllable, yes. not even a full word, just a Syllable. Just be courageous enough to say a syllable. And what happens, the more courageous you are and the more you trust that Jesus is baptizing you, after you say that first syllable, it's like a spool of thread that you just start pulling it one at a time and it just starts coming quicker and quicker and quicker out of your mouth. One syllable comes in, there's the next syllable and those syllables just, you know, it, they just all start springing together. And the Bible says that we don't know what we're saying while we're praying. So don't sit there and try to overthink it. Just say that one syllable, then the next syllable, then the next syllable, and, and just let that stream out of your mouth. You know, one of the things that I found in my own prayer life, praying in the Holy Spirit, you know, I come from a long line of uh, people that um, struggled with anxiety and you know, they drank and, you know, they tried to deal with it. A lot of times when we have situations in your body, and sometimes I think it's situational and sometimes I think it's, you know, physical, it's hereditary, you know. But I found with my own personal walk with the Lord, when I pray in the Spirit, I'm just talking about the benefits that I get, okay, is I will, I can come into my prayer time in the morning. We have prayer here every morning. I don't make it every morning here, I, uh, but I do it. it if I'm not here, I'm at home doing it. But I come into my prayer time every morning, and I can be anxiety-ridden or amped up about something. or, 
and it is like hooking me up to uh, some sort of Holy Ghost Prozac. And it, I love it. And it I just it. literally it calms my spirit. I I then God in the course of my prayer language, God begins to speak to me supernaturally things practically maybe that I need to do for whatever I'm concerned about. And um, <clears throat> I've had God speak to me about a lot of things. Like I'll rem- I'll never forget. Wes was a young man, and he was, of course, in his crazy stage doing crazy things. And I begged him not to go out, Frankie. I begged him not to go out that night because I knew it was not going to be good. I I can't tell you how I knew other than the Holy Spirit, okay? He he left, got in his car, and I laid on the couch. It was a Friday night, and I just started praying. I started praying in tongues. I started praying in the Spirit. And the power of God hit me so strong that I began to weep and cry. And I literally rolled off the couch onto the floor, laid on my face for about an hour and a half and just prayed in tongues and interceded. And I, at, you know, many times when I pray, I don't know what I'm praying about, you know, but but that night I knew I was praying for Wes. I knew, I knew by the spirit. I, after about an hour and a half, I get back up, lay back down on the couch, go to sleep. 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, he comes in the door, and he's bawling. And he had been out with some, wow. of, his, he had been out with some of his friends, and they were at this bar. And one of his friends had, um, had, had cocaine with him. And he, he laughs at my son calls it cocaine. He says, I call it cocaine. He, he's funny. He's funny. <laughs> he had cocaine with him and they had marijuana. And so his car was full of drugs and the oh police busted him. And the other two guys they took to jail. It was in Wes's car. All this stuff was in Wes's car. And the man walked up to Wes and said, here's the keys to your car. Go home and don't ever do this again. And he let Wes go. You're kidding me. No, 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 I'm not kidding you. And Wes is bawling because the other two guys, they took to jail. And there was no questions. There was no, Wes didn't try to say, I didn't bring it in my car. Wes said, mother, I said nothing. My friend sat there and heard it. I said, nobody said anything. And they put the other two in in the cop car and they put Wes... The guy came back to Wes, handed him the keys, and said, go home and don't ever do this again. And, of course, my son was very upset because he felt so guilty that his other friends got in trouble. And he was just as guilty as them. Wow. And... But he had, but Wes had a mother at home praying. Yes, but the Holy... In the Spirit. I was praying in the Spirit, and, and I was praying for my son... And God protected him from getting a felony, from getting a felony, because you and I both know the consequences of those kind of things and how hard it can be to get a job and to go forward in life. So oh, it follows you everywhere. It follows yeah. you everywhere. And so I, that is another example of the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, we're about out of time, and um, I just want to uh, just encourage you that Jesus loves you. Um, we got another song, right? We're going to have another song here for a few minutes, and then we're going to come back and pray. And uh, Pastor Frankie's going to pray, and I'm going to pray. 
Changes everything. Your love changes everything. Your love changes everything. Taking me by the hand. 
We're so excited uh, about this whole service and this whole uh, broadcast on the Holy Spirit. I have so enjoyed uh, Pastor Frankie Mazapika. Frankie, where can we find your podcast, your teaching? Can you tell us really quickly? Well, the the name of the church that I have the privilege to, to lead with my wife is um, Celebration Church of the Woodlands. And so if you just look up Celebration Church of the Woodlands um, uh, on, on any social media site or you just do a Google search, um, you'll, you'll find us. Awesome. Awesome. Frankie, I uh, so appreciate everything you taught today. It was so good. I, I know that God's hands on you in such a powerful way. I believe that God is a, anointed you to be a real leader to your generation and even beyond your church. And I, I want you to begin to uh, see yourself that way. I believe God is going to open some doors for you to preach um, all over America and all over the world. And there's a new season coming into your life and a new level of fulfillment. And I just so honor what you're doing. And I honor what your wife is doing and your children. And I'm so thankful for the uh, commitment you have to Jesus and to the body of Christ and the love that you show everywhere you go. And I just, I just pray the blessings of God over you. Uh, if you live in the woodlands, you need to go and uh, check out Pastor Frankie and Celebration Church. You'll, you'll be blessed. I love you so much, Frankie. Y'all be blessed, and we'll see you next week. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.